Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to Regen. My name is Zach. Super happy to be here with everybody today. Um, our mission here is to interrupt people's lives with the love and grace of Jesus Christ. So if this is your first time or being here, or if you haven't gotten our gift out there for you, it's at the table. Uh, just make sure you take one of those gifts and sign up the uh, Hey card so we can stay connected with you. Um, here at Regen, we also do check-ins on Facebook. So if you have your phone with you, uh, a check-in on Facebook generates a donation uh, to an organization uh, called the World Organization, which helps re uh, refugees all around the world. So if you guys have your phone, make sure you check in and use the hashtag RegenGives. Um, we also do one thing. So this, uh, like in a month, or it's for this summer, our one thing is just doing our summer camp. So if you're looking for a way to get plugged in and um, just be around the community here, uh, you guys can see Kat or Caitlin um, afterwards, and they'll get you signed up for that. We also do these cool things called feasts, so where we all get together at somebody's house, and we just eat food and just have a good time and, and fellowship with each other. So that's going to be at the Bogger's house in, on August 5th. Well, it's okay with me, so it's going to be on August 5th. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll check with them. Um, so, yeah, August 5th, so... There we go. Yeah, August 5th. So make sure you guys come to that. If you haven't been to one, it's, it's just really fun to, to be with everybody. Um, so that, there's that. And then the last thing I'm going to do. Oh, sorry. Um, I had a request. So we're looking for some volunteers uh, for July 24th and 26th from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, the volunteers would arrive at 5.30 p.m. at Otterbein, um, which is the Grace, the Grace Campus. Um, so that's on Drexel Avenue. What? Oh, I'm sorry. This is Otterbein. I got totally confused. You're going to arrive here. Don't go, to, don't go there. All right. So uh, arrive here at 5.30 p.m., and um, that is going to be on July 18th. Okay? So if you're looking for that, just make sure we talk to somebody that's not me because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pray for the offering. So um, after I do that, I'll pass these around. So. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Uh, thank you for uh, just building this church, this group of people, this, this community. Uh, you are just a, a great God and generous, and uh, the graces that you give us every day uh, just allow us to recognize those, Lord. Um, just meditate on those daily and just allow us to come closer into your presence through doing that. Lord, I just ask that you uh, continue to bless this church and continue to bless these people here. Um, allow us to give up whatever it is that we need to give up so that we can get, come closer to being into your likeness, into you. Lord, I just pray for the... I, I just pray that we continue to grow and... Uh, reach people that, that haven't yet met you. So, in Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Father God, we come before you today. Uh, we are so thankful for this opportunity to gather uh, as your church. Lord, to sing praises to you, to lift you up high, and to learn from you today, God. I pray that we will approach your word with humble hearts, God. Teach us what you want us to know. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Amen. Good morning, everybody. Uh, kids, you can go back with Miss Katz, and uh, I'll just clear something up. So before Zach did announcements, he was like getting up to do them, and I was just handing him this clipboard, and I said, here, say this. And he said, okay. So for those of you who may have been confused by uh, that last announcement there, I'll clear it up. It's not Zach's fault. It's my fault. So uh, what we're talking about is I think it's the 18th at 6.30. I don't know where the clipboard went, so I can confirm or deny that later. If you're volunteering, there will be a volunteers meeting for kids camp that week here at that time. Yes? Yes, I got it right. Cool. Did something right. Okay, so if you're volunteering for Kids Camp, the 18th, 6.30, be here. It's going to be awesome, I'm sure. Meetings are always a lot of fun. So. <laughs> All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Daniel. I'm the intern here at uh, Regeneration and Grace Church. And Kyle and Steph are on vacation right now. They're spending time with family in South Dakota. So I am here uh, in, in Kyle's place this week preaching. And so we're just going to continue to go through the, the sermon series we've been going through the whole summer called Stranger Things, uh, talking about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, right? Just as a little recap, we have seen in Christ's teachings that the kingdom of heaven is for everyone, for everyone, no matter where you've been, what you've done, how much money you have, how well your life is put together. Jesus says this kingdom is for all. There's not one person who can be disqualified from it. We've also been learning of this new type of righteousness that exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, a righteousness that exceeds just mere religion or works-based righteousness, right? This internal righteousness that we obtain through Jesus, a righteousness of the heart rather than the righteousness of works, as we can remember that Jesus came to fulfill the law of the Old Testament because he knew none of us could. So, our righteousness, our standing before God, we know now, has nothing to do with our own works, our own efforts, but entirely to do on the work of Christ and what he has done on our behalf. And today, our passage will begin to shift from an internal reality of that, reali- of that righteousness and move to a more practical of how we display that righteousness before others. So we're going to go right along. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to do the first four verses. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. We have a slide up there if you'd like to follow along. It says this. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that, there may be pra- that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So this is just after Jesus tells us of the righteousness that we obtain as his followers, right? This righteousness that is inward rather than outward. And now he's telling us how to display this before others, or rather how not to display this before others. And there's something really interesting is the text says, Jesus says, when you give, right? He doesn't say, if you give, on the occasion that you would like to give, uh, 
to, when you think about maybe you want to give, he says when you give. He says that as like a matter-of-fact statement. He, he doesn't come to this text having us teach that we have to give. It's already understood here. And there's a couple reasons for that. First is that this idea of giving to those who are in need was so deeply embedded into the Jewish community. Like this is something that they would have practiced every day. Um, take, for example, Leviticus chapter 23, 22. Jesus, or Jesus. Well, God, Jesus, same thing. God is giving instructions to the Israelites, right? And this is one thing that he says. He says, when you reap the harvest from your land, do not reap the very edges of your fields or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. Even unto their work, to their food, what they have, God says, leave a portion of your field unharvested so that those who don't have anything can come and take freely from them. God has always cared for the poor and the needy. And he charges the Israelites to do the same thing. So it was understood that the law of God requires this, and so people would be doing this. And during the time of Jesus, it would look a little bit different. There was actually a tithe that people would give to the temple at that time, and the people in the temple would distribute it to other people who are in need. It's kind of like how we can think of like welfare today, only worked a little bit better for several different reasons we won't get into. Um, so Jesus knew that the people who were listening to this already knew to give to the poor, already knew to take care of the people who are in need. That's the first reason. Second reason is because Jesus was just talking about this righteousness that we obtain, that's inward, changing of the heart, not based on what we do, not based on how good we are, but based on who Christ is and what he's done for us and what we have obtained in him. And he knows that there needs to be a direct result of that righteousness that we obtain in Christ. As a direct result of that, we will care for others. We will give to the needy. We will make sure those around us who are hurt and needy are taken care of. Since we have this new way of living that starts not with our acts but our hearts, then out of our heart will come righteous acts. That is to say that out of this living new life as kingdom citizens, our outward actions will and do reflect the internal reality of our citizenship. We can't be who we aren't. If we are changed on the inside... The righteousness of Christ does not just affect our internal condition, our standing before God, but directly affects what we do in the day-to-day living of our lives. And just part of that is taking care of the needy. That's just one small part that we're focusing on today. And this giving doesn't have to be just money. This giving could be the giving of our time, of our space, of our house, leaving the door open for people to come in to take care of people. This giving does not just have to be of money, but because of what has happened inside of us, because of what Christ has done for us, in return, we will do that for others. We want other people to know his love and his grace. But there was a problem that Jesus brings up. And the problem was not if people gave. The problem was how people gave. Since the Pharisees thought the law was kind of like this this external thing rather than internal, they were making sure everyone could see what they were doing. Everyone would know you know, when they gave, who they gave to, how much they gave. They wanted to show, they, they lived a very public life. They displayed their life for everyone to see. They wanted them to know how much scripture they knew, how law-abiding they were. They're very outgoing. 
It's as if they were carrying around like a metaphorical trumpet with them everywhere they went. Like they were just blowing it as loud as they could so all the eyes in the room were focused on them. And they can talk about who they are and how good they are. And this is not what Jesus wants us to do. He's, do. He says, don't sound a trumpet like the hypocrites do. Meaning when you, when you give, don't do so in a way that draws attention to yourself and what you're doing. Now, now imagine with me, and I'm not saying you actually know anyone who's like this, so just imagine with me, you know someone in your life who carries a metaphorical trumpet with them everywhere they go. Someone who is always bragging about how much they give to the church, how much time they spend at the church, who they know at the church, how long they've been in the church, what they do with their volunteer time. Again, not like you actually know anyone like this, but just imagine with me. Someone who is bragging about being on a committee or, I don't know, always talking about how much of a sacrifice it is for them to be at church events or how much of, it doesn't even have to be a church event, just volunteering in general. This is such a sacrifice. I had to, I had to say no to hanging out with so-and-so or I had to say no to doing this so I could be here and do this. Look, oh, I'm just so glad I can make a sacrifice, right? Or someone who's always like, you just scroll on their Facebook or Instagram and you always see like, selfie, hashtag, giving to the poor. <laughs> selfie, hashtag, I love volunteering my life. Woo, right? That, those type of people. And it's like the equivalent of someone running in here before we gave offering today, blowing the trumpet as loud as they can. So all of our eyes were focused on them, skipping up to the front, you know, dancing around Zach and then dropping uh, the offering in the offering plate and then like leaving telling us that it was a $300 check and we don't see him again, right? All eyes were focused on them. Or maybe it's even when we post more about the devotionals we do than actually doing our devotionals. You know, make sure the coffee looks right, the highlighter's there, you can see what verse I'm reading, that type of thing, right? This is what God is warning us about. He does not want us to do this. We do not need to draw attention to ourselves. Because when we draw attention to ourselves, we become something called a hypocrite. Now, we all know what a hypocrite is. It's someone who says something and does the opposite. And at the same time, those who are doing their righteous acts before others with the intent of being seen by others are not reflecting the righteousness that is in their hearts. Or it's not there. And this word during that time would have been, it could be literally translated as a masked actor. Right? It was kind of used like a play term. And we all know how actors are. If you've ever been to a play or seen a movie, I know all of you have. If you haven't, it's the 21st century. Let's get up here. Let's get in with things. Okay, so actors, we know that they're not portraying who they are as an actual person. Right? We know when we see, from the moment we see them, they're portraying something that is not them. Right? So when we do acts of righteousness for others, we're like these actors. We put on a mask, we come out and we entertain, we make sure everyone can see, and we do it for the praise of man, right? So others can see. Is that, and it's the thing, is the crowd will give us applause. If you seek to be recognized by man, you will be. You will be. I mean, it's like God gives us our desire. If he says... God says to us, if you want to be recognized by other people, 
If that's what you want, I'll give it to you. He's not going to withhold that from us. doesn't mean that it's good for us, but he's not going to withhold it for us. If we desire to be praised by man, God's like, here you go. Hope it's worth it, right? But there's a solution to this, Jesus proposes. In verses 3 through 4, he says, But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and the Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now this doing things in secret, it shifts something. It shifts where we get our reward from. When you do things before man or for man, then you get your reward from man. If you do things for God to further his kingdom, then you get a reward from God. It's really easy. We shouldn't, I doubt any of us are having a hard time understanding what Jesus is saying. The hard thing is applying it. Knowing it's one thing, applying it to our lives on a daily basis is another. But just in case we don't understand this, Jesus gives us a great image, a great illustration. He says, don't let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. Now, our hands don't have minds inside of them. They can't know what each other is doing. But he's using this as an exaggerated effect, right? To kind of really make us realize something. We should perform our charitable giving in such confidentiality that if possible, our right hand won't even know what our left hand is giving. In other words, we should maintain an extremely low profile when giving gifts and performing acts of mercy. Modesty, not ostentation, is the hallmark of a follower of Christ. Modesty, not displaying works before other people, is the hallmark of a follower of Christ. So we should do our acts in such a way to not be as flashy as possible. Not for the sake of secrecy, right? Not just because we need to be secret about things. Like, you know, say you wanted to, I don't know, give tithe to the church and then someone looks over and you're like, oh no, they caught me, I can't do it now, nah. Right? It's not for the sake of secrecy. It's for, um, excuse me, I lost my place. Uh, Jesus is not telling us never to do anything before people. Because remember, a few weeks back, we learned about how we are the light of the world, right? We're supposed to let our light shine to do our things before man, but the intention behind that was to give glory to God, not to give glory to ourselves, right? So what is Jesus getting at here? What is the actual problem? Well, much like the last chapter and all that we've covered this summer so far, Jesus is not so much talking about our outward acts, right? He's talking about the intentions of our heart. It is the intent that is key to God. If our intention is to give our time and money so we can be seen, then that's not good. If our intention is to give glory to the kingdom of God and to bring glory to God, to please God, then that's good. But Jesus knows who we are. He knows we have struggles. He knows that we are humans and that we're never going to be perfect until we're with him. So he gives us this general rule. He says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Because he knows the temptation all of us have to be seen by others. So he says, just do things in secrecy. Don't worry, your father sees you. Your father sees you. Now, when when I was preparing this message, uh, a question kept coming to my mind over and over and over and over again. Until I couldn't ignore it anymore. And 
think it's something we all need to kind of look at this morning together. That question is, why do we seek praise from man? And it's like, why is it so deeply rooted in us that we need to be praised by others? Why do we seek, why is that something that we desire in the first place? And why is it so often that, that we desire that? Why is there such a desire in many people's hearts to get validation from other humans? I believe it's because people do not feel like they have been seen by God. The last part of this verse is pretty important. It says, the God who sees you. There's a lot of us who do not feel like we're seen by God today. Or a lot of us who have simply forgotten that God sees us. And the see, the seeing that God is doing, a lot of times we can be like scared. It's like, oh, God sees everything I do. And it, but the passage is saying in a good way, God sees you. God knows you. God delights in you. He sees you. It's important for us today to know that God sees us. And here's the reason why. The culture that we live in so very much affects our lives in ways that we're not always consciously aware of. It has an effect on us. Sometimes just under the surface, we have no clue what's there. We are constantly being pestered to show what we're doing. We are constantly being encouraged to show our works before men. We are constantly being asked to show our worth, to show why we are important, to show why we have value in society today. Sometimes we're even asked to show why we deserve to be alive. And because of this, we are much more tempted to show others what we do for the kingdom of God, to get praise from them because we find validation in man and not from God. We feel more validated when someone tells us how good we are, when someone tells us how sacrificial we are, how nice we are, or how good we look, or how dedicated we are. We feel more validated when people tell us of our importance in life, when people tell us we are worth something. We feel more validated before man than by God, and as a result, as a result of that, we Photoshop the blemishes in our lives. We create lies of perfection, that we live perfect lives, and that's just a desperate cry of someone to be seen. We create these perfect lives and we present them to others. And when Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites, a lot of times it's easy for us to think of that word hypocrites as, well, the people who are being hypocrites know that they're being hypocrites, right? Like, they're out to deceive everybody, to show everybody how good they are, like an outward deception. But what if there's an element of self-deception what if it goes deeper than that? What if the good works that we are doing are a way to cover up our failures, our blemishes, our hurt, our past, the things that we know we've done wrong? What about the validation of others? What if that is just a temporary mending of our self-worth? When, it come, when we come at this text from this angle, it changes us from a mindset of, oh, well, you should do this oh, you need to do this, oh, you should, you know. And brings us to the text humbly and innately aware of our humanity and our, and, our, and our broken state. And what do we expect in a place that is obsessed over Twitter numbers, Facebook friends, Instagram posts, likes, shares, numbers in the church, amount of outreach that we do? We check our statuses, we compare them to others, like the likes that we gain will somehow raise our status before God, the, 
the amount of people in this church will somehow make us more liked by God, the amount of time that we spend showing people that we do devotionals, somehow God will see our Instagram post and think of us higher. As if these things matter, everyone knowing what we do makes us more important to God. And it's madness. And it's very sad. And if you are here today and you're struggling with that temptation, maybe it's a temptation of pride, which is really just a way of us pretending like there's nothing wrong with ourselves. Like we're trying to convince ourselves that we're okay when we're not okay. That's all pride is. If you are struggling with that today, this is not in any way meant to be bashful. This is not in any way meant to, to make you feel like a horrible person or like a scribe or Pharisee because God is inviting us to do something today. God is inviting us to do something today that can change us, can change our perspective on everything. There are many examples of people who do this. We are not the only ones. This generation, the generation before us, are not the only people who have been tempted to do this. All you have to do is look at the Old Testament and look at, say, for example, Israel. Uh, Israel was God's people, and God commanded them not to have any gods before him. Right? He wanted them not to have any idols, He did not want them to turn their attention away from him because he wanted to be their all in all. He wanted to understand that he, he wanted them to understand that he was their God and they were his people. The God of the universe, the God of creation, the God who created this entire universe, all the galaxies, all the stars, he just wanted these people to know that they were his people. That's what he wanted them to focus on. He wanted Israel to the delight in the grace-filled, mind-blowing, never-ending joy from God. But they forgot. They forgot who they were. They lost their identity in who they were as God's people. They forgot that God saw them, and as a result, they turned to other countries. They were, became boastful, right? They took on other gods to get other gods' blessings. They wanted to show how great their army was. They begged for a king, and we saw how that went. Right? They forgot who they were. They wanted to prove themselves to the countries around them. And in the process, they left God in the dust. In many places in Scripture, many places in Scripture, God calls this prostitution. It's spiritual prostitution. Turning our affections, turning where we want to get our validation from, away from God, turning where we want to receive our reward, our blessing, to know who we are as humans, away from God. He calls it spiritual prostitution. Right? It's what Jesus is warning us today. When we become so more wrapped up in the country that we live in, or more wrapped up with the church that we go to, or, or who we need to find ourselves to be, or how many likes we have on a status, or how many other people see us and can validate us, God is warning us to not do that today. What is it in our lives today that causes us to forget that we are seen by God? Seen by the one who loves us. The one who provides us joy and peace beyond all of our understanding. What is it that keeps us as kingdom people from delighting in the grace-filled, mind-blowing, never-ending joy that comes from God? 
that causes us to forget our identity, to forget that God chose us. For those of us who are in Christ, God seeked us out first. What causes us to forget that? Is it because we have a misplaced trust in man? Because I'll be honest with you, praise from man is not all we think it is. Right? It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. You can be known today, you can do something good today, you can receive all those likes on Facebook, but no one's going to think about it when they wake up in the morning. It's gone, it fades. You'll be surprised, you can even go talk to some middle schoolers today and you can ask them, this is crazy, but I, you can ask them, do you know who the Beatles are? They're like, what? Like the bug? No, like the band, the Beatles. Do you know who they are? No. Most of us know who the Beatles are. And they're famous for saying, you know, they're more famous than Jesus. Well, guess what? Their fate has diminished. There's not being, they're not in the headlines today, but Jesus is still being preached. Right? Fade, or praise from man fades. Praise and love and grace from God will never fade away. It begins now and goes on into eternity and will never stop. He, God, is warning us of the times that we forget our identity as kingdom citizens, as sons and daughters of God, as the times that we become like Israel, we forget who our identity is, we look for other people for validation, we turn to others to see what we are doing because we feel like we are not seen by God. God is calling us today to know that you are seen by him, to know and experience his overwhelming love of the times that he actually delights in us. Sometimes I feel like we have this idea that God is somewhere far off, sitting on a throne in heaven with his arms crossed, tapping his foot, watching our lives through a microscope, just waiting for us to mess up. So he could be like, ah, gotcha. Told you you'd mess up. Told you you're a sinful person. I'm going to punish you now for that. We have this idea that, that God is just waiting to catch us. Now there's, there's, there's a lot of mention of judgment in the Bible, but not for those who are in Christ. Christ is not looking at you through that microscope and that way of just always disappointed in who you are or what you're doing. Sometimes we forget he actually delights in us. We don't get the pleasure of always seeing ourselves the way God sees us. We don't. You know, Scripture says that God knitted us in our mother's womb. God was there when we were conceived. And it's not like he's just like, okay, done, gone. But he's been in your life from that moment until this moment now. I want to tell you, all the good that you have done, he has seen. All the bad that you have done, he has seen. All the ugly things, all the things you don't like about yourself, he knows. He knows you more intimately than anybody else in this world will ever know. He knows you more than you know yourself. And guess what? He still loves you. He's still chasing you down. He still wants you to know his love for you through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, through the atonement and the covering of our sins by his son. He wants you to know that he is a loving father, that you are his son or you are his daughter. He wants you to experience his love and joy. He wants you to see him as he sees you. God wants us to know our identity is in him and out of that identity that we have in Christ, out of that assurance that Christ sees us, that God sees us, the things that we do, out of that, serve others and spread that with other people. To bring other 
people to him. To seek praise and reward from God, not from man. To seek his face, to seek his favor. And this is a good thing. A lot of times we can kind of get a little timid when we talk about seeking things from God. I'm not saying that God is going to bless you with a new truck if you seek good things and do things in secret. It's not like, oh, you did that in secret. Here, I'm going to throw some more money your way. That's not what I'm talking about, that we receive from God. What we receive from God is knowing our identity is in him. What we receive in God are things that won't fade away on this earth. Joy, peace, understanding. Proverbs always talks about seeking wisdom, right? Psalms talks about seeking the face of the Lord. These are good things for us to do, and we are encouraged to do them, to seek God, to seek rewards from him. It's a good thing. And so when we do our works before other people, when we act out of that righteousness and knowing that God sees us and God knows us, then we bring glory to him. And it doesn't matter who else knows because we know the God of all creation who loves me from ever sees what we do. And so when we go to do good acts, I, I, I made some questions uh, that are going to be on a slide up here. That it's a good way to help us kind of check ourselves before we do anything. And so the first one, you can see it up there, is why am I doing this? Who is watching me is the second one. And thirdly, what is it about this deed that brings me pleasure? First, why am I doing this? Am I doing this to be seen by others? Am I doing this to... Uh, attempt to cover up some gross thing in my life that I don't want to deal with, to, to mend my self-worth, the holes that it has? Or am I doing this out of knowing that I am seen by Christ, loved by God, called and equipped to do this for his kingdom? Secondly, who is watching me? Am I doing this in such a way that is inviting more people to look at me, that is inviting more attention to myself? Or in my mind or heart, Am I doing this because I want to be seen by others? And thirdly, what is it about this deed that brings me pleasure? Is it in delighting in how good I am being, of how I am obeying what I know God wants me to do? Or is it delighting in knowing that there is a God who's created, equipped, and called me to do this and who loves me? These questions are good ways for us to check because a lot of times when we ask these questions, we begin to see our true motives. Sometimes they're more selfish than we would like to admit. If any answer to this, these three questions, seems to indicate anything about wanting to be seen by others, to be prideful, to be known for how good you are, how good I am, that's when we invite God into it. That's when we take some time to pray, to pray that God will remind us that we're seen by him, to remind us that he loves us, that he cares for us, to remind us of why we're doing what we're about to do. And we invite God into that. In closing, I want to uh, turn your attention to another passage that I feel like, I feel like goes really well with this one. Um, it's 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11, if you want to turn there. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. It says this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves. 
so that at the proper time, at the proper time, he, God, he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him, casting all your cares, all your good, all your bad, all the ugly. Cast it all on him because why? Because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, planting lies that you're not worth anything, planting lies that you need to be seen by man or you need to be validated or you need to have so many likes on a status or you need to be known by anyone other than God. Seeking to devour someone. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Listen to this. He will restore. He will confirm. He will strengthen. He will establish you. And to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Christ is good, and he wants us to be seen. And he displayed, I don't think we have hand sanitizer up here. Uh, Christ displayed for us his love on the cross. There's no greater way to know that we've been seen than through the fact that God sent his son here for us in flesh to die for us as a message of his love towards us, as an atonement of our sins. If you ever forget that you are seen by God, if you ever have moments where you think, God has forgotten me. This table is a great way and a great reminder of the endless mercies and love of God. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was sitting with his disciples. He was eating with them, and he broke bread. He said, this is my body, broken for you. Take and eat. This was his body, broken for us. And in the same way, on the same night, at the end of the meal, he took a cup of wine, and he said, this is my blood, shed for you, a sign of a new covenant. Take, drink, and as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So when you come to this table today, prayer is that you will be able to taste and see the goodness of our God, to know that God loves you and he sees you. Let's go ahead and pray. Uh, God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you've died for us. Thank you that you want us to know that you see us. You want us to know that we are loved by you. And Lord, that you want to equip us and you want to send us out to do works for you, God, to show others who you are, others of that goodness and love. Lord, we pray today over these elements that they will become the very body and blood of Christ to us, Lord, that we will taste and see that the Lord is good pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Zach, if you want to come up. Um, Becca, if you want to come up.
and uh, Art, if you, if you want to come up. table is open. Um, please feel free to come up. Take a piece of bread and dip it in the juice. Well, church, today, uh, go this week knowing that you are loved and seen by God. Love you guys. We'll see you again next week.